Welcome to episode three, part two of the In Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Graham Neville. This is the second part of the David Chatlady podcast. This leads on from part one, which you can find in the profile. So if you haven't already done so, please listen to that. Please be aware that this podcast had some connectivity issues, so there are parts that do skip. As frustrating as that is, it doesn't last for long and you can still understand the conversation. Part two starts with David talking about his Open Championship experience at Carnoustie in 2007. As ever, please follow myself and the podcast on social media and leave reviews. Enjoy episode three, part two of the In Your Life podcast. You've, you've obviously played North Region, uh, you played the Open at Carnoustie, was it? Yeah, I did. Yes, yeah, I did. How was that? That was uh, that was a weird one, really, because I, uh, I I wasn't playing particularly well in the qualifying, um, and I shot I shot level par first day, and I was out. I think I was out maybe second or first on the second day, and I thought, well, if I get a good score um, and the win comes, you know, you never know, do you? And and I remember. Um, I can't think of his name now. The leader was six under anyway, and four under was tied second. And obviously, I think there was three spots. Um, and I teed off. I hadn't realised I was doing it, but I had a number in my head. I had no swing thought. I just thought, try to get to four under, and then anything over four under makes the four unders have to shoot whatever, if you get me. That was my game yeah. plan. And and I was six under after about eight, I think. And and all of a sudden I thought, well now I'm tied for the lead, even though I pro- I may not have been at that point, but on the on the sheet from the night before, in my mind I was. And I and I just thought, well, I'd try and get to seven, try and get to eight. And I got to nine under with three to play. Um and I actually I lipped out twice on the last three holes and, and broke the course record and ended up winning it. Um but I didn't know where it had come from and how I'd done it. If to, it. To this day, I still don't. Because when I got to Carnoustie, I was hitting it rubbish again. Um, but again, I had a great week. Um, managed to get a game with uh, Paul Brody and Pete Baker. And they, they paired me up with uh, Miguel Jimenez as my partner. In a, which was, at that point then, that was the most enjoyable game of golf I'd ever had in my life. Um, just to play with him. Uh, amazing experience at the time, um, and it was it was funny because he, he played rubbish in the practice with me, and we lost. And uh, I remember Brody saying to me, "Just watch that leaderboard on Thursday." And I was on the range on the Thursday morning, and there he was, <laughs> like you know, on the on the board on the range. He was there, and I thought, "Yeah." And you think, "Yeah, it's not, it's not." It's not about ripping it round in the practice round. You're learning, aren't you? You're trying to learn the golf course, you know. And again, that's going back. That's harking back to picking things up as you go along. You know, it's nobody really should want to shoot five, six practice round. You shouldn't let yourself do it. In my mind, anyway, you shouldn't because it's it's impossible the next day to not think what you've done the day before. You know, yeah, interesting. You have to you have to deal with that during a tournament. That's inevitable. Of course, it is. But learning to not go stupid in a practice round is, uh, and, and you know, learning ways to practice a golf course—that's another thing, uh, you know, which is 
which is there's an art form to that. You know, I used to hate them. I've got to be honest. I used to, I used to, I used to prefer to walk a golf course. And uh, in uh, what was it now? Two thousand and uh, I'm gonna have to look on my wall. Two thousand two thousand eleven. I managed to get in. And we were playing in California, and Simon was on the team. It was a, it was unbelievable. I think we had five, four or five lads from the North Region out the team, which was incredible. Um, and while we were there during that week, it was at a place called Cordoval in California, uh, where they used to have the fries.com. It was a, a US tour event. And uh, it, it had been designed by um, uh, Trent Jones Jr. or somebody. I think, I think that and he he came to one of the functions. And me and Simon, Simon's straight over, come on, let's talk to him. So I just followed him and, and we ended up talking to him for about half an hour. Um, and he asked me about practicing. Um, and I said what I've just said to you there. I find them extremely boring. And to be honest, almost feel like I get more out of it walking around instead of, playing if you like um, and he said to me the next time you do that he said do me a favour and try it backwards and I said what? and I thought walking backwards and he went start on start on the 18th green and walk the course backwards and he said that's how I design all my golf courses and I said uh, go on sort of elaborate if you don't mind and he said well basically what happens is you'll stand by the 18th green and you'll take in all the Bumps, bumps, slopes, whatever, you know, oh, I don't want to go over here type thing, you know, oh, it feeds in off this slope, this kind of thing. And then when you walk back down to where you would probably think your second shot might well be from, you've already got a mental picture of what you're hitting it to, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, uh, and then, of course, you look around the fairway where you stood, you know, at, at 270 off the tier, whatever it might well be, Um and you can see your landing area and where, where, where there's room here and there isn't, you don't want to go over there. Before you then, so then you walk back to the tee and you've already got a very good metal picture of the fairway. So, because practice fans are, are what they are, you can go out there, if you've never been to a golf course, you're playing it blind, basically. And you're trying to learn it. So if you've got one practice round, you've got to take so much info in and remember it, it's you get on the tee and you might not quite be able to remember what, what where the foot, you know, where, remember where you've hit your shot in practice to perhaps and where you've played your second shot from. But how much of the other sort of area that you aimed at do you remember? Do you remember how narrow it got and, and all the rest of it? And it's amazing, you walk one backwards, you, you, you've I would say you gain three or four times more info about a course on it on a first look by walking it that way. It was an, an amazing bit of advice. And if you so if you've got one practice round, obviously you would like to play it, but you know, walking it the wrong way around. If you haven't got a chance to a practice round, walk it backwards and have a look because it's it's a it's a completely different look at a golf course, but you you get so much more information. Good advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can say you said that. You know, I designed my courses, start at the green and work backwards. It makes sense when you say it through, though, doesn't it? Yeah, but you know, but the simplest ideas are always the best, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, then, obviously, two thousand and seven, 
And then you go back to the region, you, you win everything in sight, and then you come to 2017 um, and you decide to go to Seniors Tour School. Yeah, we were, um, we played, um, played a pro-am at Mia, um, back end of this, well, it was. Um, and I played, I saw Simon and I just said to him, look, can we do something properly for once? Because we, as I say, it always just been a very casual, give us five minutes here and 10 minutes there. And I just, I said, look, I want, I want to do something where I actually come and have a lesson, you know, because I've never really had a lesson, lesson, if you like. Yeah. And he, he was like, absolutely. And I said, I, I want you, I want you to, you know, have a look and let's see where we go. So we arranged it and I went up to see him and we sat down and he said, just give me half an hour. Um, and just, he said, I've had, a, I've had a thought about it. Let me just give you an idea of what I think. And if you don't like it, we'll sort you out anyway, if you like. So yeah. he chatted and, and basically outlined what he thought would be good uh, and why he thought it would work. You know, and basically, a, a bit like I was saying earlier, is, is having a um, a method that that is me simple for me to, or not simple, but easier for me to repeat and work on uh, out on the tour. Because uh, he was convinced I was going on the tour. Uh, to be fair, I was. Um, and go on, we'll do it. And and. It was a complete different slant on how I'd approach the golf swing. A bit like I was saying, there's more than one ways to do it and there's more than, more than one coach, you know, a way of coaching it. Um, but we sat down and so we, we put it onto video and um, off I went after, I don't know, three hours or so and, and went and started hitting balls. And I could, I could see what he meant if that makes sense. And, it, and that helped. I, I, I had a picture in my brain that was basically, you know, he put it there that, and I could understand the way he was tell, telling me to do things. Um, and the processes we went through and the practice and the drills, which I'd never really, I'd never done And I would go on the range and hit balls. Um, but I, he would work on stages of the swing, you know, positions and, and, I would go and absolutely do it as much as I could in all weather, and I mean all weather. Um, and I went to that tour school uh, end of January, so I'd only had three months at it, perhaps. Uh, in obviously in the winter weather and all that, I'd been out there in every single bit of weather that we had. Um, and I, I did. I thought I was going to get my card. I thought if I played well, I'd get my card. If I played like a can play, perhaps is the best way of putting it. If I play my normal game, I, I I think I'll get my card, and that wasn't an arrogance. That was I was just a belief, if you like. Um, and right down to the to the uh, the second shot into the last hole, and I knew I needed a four to get my card, uh, and I had six iron in my hand, and I I've, I vividly remember standing and rehearsing the positions that we had rehearsed and started and put in place in the October. And, and I thought, and I took myself completely out of this position of what was happening. And I, I genuinely stood over that ball thinking I'm going to make this swing 
And I, and to this day, I would never have had the shot back. I had it lovely, just to the left of the flag. I watched it land. It, the, you couldn't, you can't see the actual green surface. It's over a rise. But I saw the first bounce of the ball, which was 15 feet left of the flag, exactly where I wanted to hit it. And I thought, I'm going to have that for a birdie. And when I walked up there, funny enough, I was playing with the jockey, and uh, he did it to the back of the he did it to the back of the green, and um, we were both walking for the ball, and then I saw the pit. I saw a pitch on the green, and I thought, "How's that not got? How's it rolled that far?" And then he got to his ball, and I thought, "Well, where's mine?" And mine had took one bounce and spun left into a trap. Bunkers were like mud, and uh, consequently, I hit the bunker shot a little bit too firm, thinking it was going to come out soft. Missed the putt, ended up in a playoff, and then, you know, Mr. Salah all this ridiculous sort of twenty foot with a four foot or five foot of break on it, right in the middle of the hole, and that the dream had gone. You know, it was it was that quick. It was uh, it was it wasn't something. Um, I, I, I didn't have the control over it because it wasn't something that I'd done. I never felt like I'd done anything wrong. Um, and he just did something right, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. then, then your year's gone. It's like, well, what do I do now? It's a horrible, horrible time, well, I'll be honest. You find out who you are when something like that happens to you. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah of course. And then you went the year after and... What made you go again? One, well, and two. Was, how was the year after? It went absolutely. Couldn't have been any more different, really. I, I'd, I'd sort of struggled through the summer, um, probably affected by what had happened to me at the school, but not knowing it, you know. And then I really had got frustrated with it because I was thinking, you know, I, I knew I should be on tour here. You know, I could have been on tour. Uh, and I was. I couldn't win anything. I was, uh, and, and, I, and frustration was, was killing. Um, and then sort of halfway through the July time, something like Mr. Duncan, Andy Duncan, you know, he said, ah, oh, yeah, he's back now. And I don't know what had happened. Um, but I started playing okay. And then, to be honest, I got to the end of the season and it was, uh, well, what am I going to do now? There's nothing happening. Um, you know, need some money. Well, we're working for UPS uh, on the vans as a they 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 advertised for jobs from um, it, what do they call it? Is it Black Friday? They call it on. on oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They take they take driver helpers on from sort of that that period to Christmas Eve because of you know because obviously they they they're rushed off the feet type thing. So. Uh, I went and signed up for that and, and I worked sort of eight hours a day with that. I had a great time. I loved it. It was, I mean, it was hard work, but it was brilliant. And uh, I wasn't going to tour school. I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't honestly think about golf. I didn't know, you know, what I would, I had no plan for the following year. I, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, to go to the, uh, in January that I'd been to a few times with um, some pals from up Blackpool area um, and I, I'd already sort of said I'd go and pay for the flight and everything so 
you know, I said to my wife, I'm, I'm going to go to that. And she said, what about tour school? And I said, oh, no, I'm not going to tour school. I've not played. I've not touched the club for over nine weeks. And uh, she uh, she said, have another go. Because, you know, what a lot of people do sort of thing is, you know, once you turn 50, you know, really, you're the youngster on the tour, aren't you? So, you know, each year, mm-hmm. there's, there's younger lads coming through. So, you know, it's a ticking, the clock's ticking each year type thing. So, I uh, I said, well, if you're happy for me to have a go, I suppose I will. So I went out to the Algarvian thing, and I was, I, I never, I was, I think I was 24 over for three practice rounds. Um, couldn't, I had no idea what I was doing, and I stood in this villa we were in. Um, David, uh, David Hammond uh, from James Brailey's. I stood in the kitchen, um, and got. I'd worked with Simon right over the year before and and went through the positions that we'd worked on looking at my reflection and went out for that tournament and basically improved every day, made a top ten. And you know, we had and there was tall lads playing, it was uh, it was a good feel. And uh, came home and worked, you know, as hard as I could, went to see Simon and all the rest of it and went back there um and I was playing lovely. I, I, you know, I was, I was, I, I couldn't believe how well I had played. And maybe that did me good, to be honest. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I played lovely. Got in the lead after two rounds, and I'd, I had one wobble. I got in the lead, and uh, I made a bogey on a really hard par four, which was easy enough to accept. That wasn't a problem. But I hit, hit green on the next par three, which was really tricky. Overhit me putt, and then just had a bit of a moment and, and ended up four-putting it. And, I went, and I've gone from leading to, I mean, I, I, but again, walking to the next tee thinking, well, you're still going to be in the top three. You know, it's not like you've, you're now 30th. Um, and again, that's the mental side of sort of being able to just take stock of it and not panic. And I actually ended up finishing, I was finishing on the, uh, it's either the eighth and the ninth, or the ninth and the tenth, whichever way around. Because I'd started the opposite way around. Two really difficult. The five, and I mean inches, um, to go back into the lead after two days, and I, that that really probably um, mental side of it. So that at that point, you know, in all the golf I'd ever played was. The, so satisfying to think, you know, that that I could have panicked there and, and bogeyed three of the last, you know, three, four holes or whatever. And I ended up picking a couple back up on two, two holes that you'd be happy with a par on and basically just ground that week out and towards the end. And funny enough, again, and in a fourth finish for my card. Um, and I played it exactly the same way. And it laid up into exactly the same spot I'd been 12 months earlier. Um, this time I had a five iron in my hand and just trusted what I did again. And luckily enough, managed this, this time to make the four and and off we went. It was... Uh, you, you feelings in 12 months, you, you I, I can't even put into words, to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely amazing difference. Yeah, and then you went on to win that year, didn't you? Was it first time Russia? Did you win second time that year, or was it the year after? No, I, I that was um, yeah. Again, 
I, I went out. It was like learning another, you know, learning again, going out back on because I didn't really know how good, it, you know, again, it was like I was saying earlier about watching the TV and perhaps not getting an appreciation for how good or or easy they were making it look, if you like. Um, and, I, you know, I, I wasn't sure what tees the senior tour played off. Were they saying it was 7,000 yards when they were actually playing it at 6,005? You know, it, mm. I didn't know. Um, and we went out to Dubai, out to Sharjah, and it was 7,000 and a bit, you know. And I thought, well, <laughs> blimey. And I think, um, I remember remember looking at the leaderboard early on in the first round, which is, a you know, I realised as we went on that that's probably not the best thing to do. But... I'm looking at the numbers thinking, oh, my word, I'm way off this. You know, I think, how are they, how are they doing this, some of these lads? You know, they're older than me. Um, but obviously, you know, I knew I knew them all. Not, not, I didn't know them. I knew they were because I'd watched them on the TV all my life. And treating them as normal people, but they made it that, that easy for me. They were so nice and, uh, you know, stuck up some really good friendships with, with uh, a lot, well, uh, most of them, to be fair. Um, but I gradually improved through the first sort of five or six events, seven events, six events, and uh, I I played at the London Club, uh, and I, I played really nicely. Um, I played the last round with Paul Broders, funny enough, um, and we had a real good ding dong battle, um, and I threw a double bogey on about the fifth, on the fifteenth, I think it was, from nowhere. And I ended up finishing 11th. And uh, it was at that point I thought, yeah, I think, I think I'm all right here on this, in this surrounding. And uh, I, we were going to Russia the following week and uh, everyone had been, who'd been there on co-sanctioned events and stuff had said, well, oh, it's a tough track, it's really good, it's, it's lovely tree-lined, all the rest of it. And I thought, this sounds right up my street, this. And I was playing well. And I said to my wife, Louise, when, we, when I was leaving, I said, I fancy a good week here. So I, I went with good thoughts anyway from the previous event. And I got out there and uh, I was just, I was, everything I ate was going where I wanted it. I had, I had the shape, I had more flight, my distance control. I wasn't putting well, but I didn't have to. I was just, it was unbelievable. And, uh, I'm sure you know he went in some of the articles, and I've mentioned it. But I think I, eat, I think I eat something like 48 greens out in 54 holes or something. And it's a really, it's a good golf course. You know, it's not a course you'd imagine you'd do that on. But I just, I, I just knew every shot I was. I'm going to do this with it. I'm going to set it off there and turn it. I'm going to block it to this flag. I'm going to hit it to this side of this green, this kind of thing. You know, and there's some really intimidating shots on there with water and all the rest. But uh, I just, better and better all week. And um, in the end, going out last round, playing with uh, with, with Pricey and, and Doddy, who I sort of knew anyway, um, was, was good for me. And, and I just, I was chasing, which I think helped, and and basically, I, you know, I caught them up and passed them by nine holes, and I knew when we, I know they'll probably say they, they still give me some stick, but I thought I'm playing better than these two, um, and I thought <laughs> I thought walking to the tenth tee, I thought I've got them here, I've got them, I, I I've got the control of this, which was 
bizarre going back all the years, getting nervous in qualifiers and everything else, and and you know, then nerves getting the better of me and everything else. I, I just absolute clarity. Just I, I remember standing on the tenth day thinking, right, it's this is my event, and I can control what's going to happen here. And I just carried on doing exactly what I was doing. And I, I wasn't aware at the time, but I basically powered my way in um, to win. But uh, other than maybe at the last where we, we were, I was in a bunker and Pricey was right at the green, uh, but he was pretty much dead where he was. Um, I never felt, even on 17 where it's a par five, and I, I think I hit... I think I hit five wood off the team, and obviously they're going for it. Um, there's water all the way down the side of it, and I thought, no, I'm not. I'm not going to. And I could reach off me five wood off the tee, and I thought, no, I hit eight iron. And I thought, just the process and the thoughts and everything was so clear to me. And I, I thought, well, Pricey makes a three, fair play to him. I was two in front, and I thought, you know, I'm going to make it worse five, but I, I fancy my chances of making a four from from laying it up. Um, which I ended up not doing, but and Pricey made a so he I had a one shot lead because he made four, but I thought I'll take a one shot lead down the last. I, I, I backed myself, and luckily enough, it it proved the, like, the right decision. But uh, it just I, I, that was the most I'd learned ever about myself um, because it didn't didn't really even on the plane going home, it didn't feel like that the the enormity for me of what I'd done it just felt normal it was quite bizarre you know like driving home from a pro am that you just won or something in the region it, it didn't feel obviously it felt different in because i couldn't stop thinking about it but it it was amazing how simple it felt uh you know i, I never felt like i'd ever had to battle any sort of demons out there it, it just felt like the natural thing and the process that we'd put in place and I suppose that's down to the work that I did with Simon and the work I did on my own, practising what he taught me. And it's sort of, like I say, take you can take yourself out of a position if you're working on a clear process of how you're doing what you're doing and and, and not what you're doing, if that makes sense. You know, you sort of, I'm going to do this to hit it to there. And, and having a game plan of such and, you know, again, going through, what you learn off walking around the golf course and stuff, right, I'm going to hit that to there. I'll, I'll take my chance from here. I can go at this flag. I'm not going at that flag. I'm, I want to be on this side of a fairway. Just seeing clear shots and it, it, amazing clarity. And from there on, it was just, I couldn't wait to play you know, when, when we're out next type thing. And, and it was just uh, a dream. Then it was so enjoyable because I knew I was exempt for the year after. And, uh, that took obviously takes a lot of pressure away, um, and lovely to have them all coming over on the range to the next event and congratulating you or congratulating me at the airport in Russia and things. You know, really, real nice. I've never seen that before, um, mm -hmm. but but virtually every single week that we're out there, you know, that's what they do. They come over and congratulate you. You know, and when you've got people who've won majors and played Ryder Cups coming over and patting you on the back and saying brilliant, well done and made up, you know. And genuinely meaning it, you know, the pleas for you. It's, uh, yeah. it's, a, it, it, it's, you have to pinch yourself sometimes, you know. It's, uh, it's, it's the amount of phone calls I've made to people go, you're never going to guess who come over talking to me, you know. But, but in the end, now they're all mates of mine, you know, when we have a great crap with them. And, and even now, I still, 
I do, I do pinch myself still thinking about what's what's happening right now. In this, you know, but uh, yeah, incredible to get up there. And if you, someone had said to me, I wanted to be back on that tour, I didn't want I didn't want one year on the tour and have to go back to the tour school. That was my goal in my mind. Simon said to me, from the out, you'll win. Uh, but he's real positive like that. You know, mentally, he, he, he's, he's incredible for, for believing. Um, and I, I sort of wanted to believe it, but I, I, I'm always wary of getting my expectations too high and ramping up pressure on myself. So I, I sort of set myself out a plan of looking at this position on the order of merit and this and trying to secure my card and then seeing where we can go from there. But of course, you know, the the 11th place at the London club was, was massive for me. And then probably equally as big as the win the following time. I think if I hadn't done that the week before, I, I wouldn't have won in Russia. Um, but then all of a sudden, the, the thoughts of keeping my card were, were gone because I got it. Um, so I consequently played really well at Woburn. And, and streets won, but again, I you know I said to streets we have our Paul Streets, we have all our practice rounds together, and uh, we worked out a routine for travel and all the rest of it. We sort of learned a bit together. He'd, he'd had a bit more experience on tour than I'd ever had, um, and we worked out practice things, you know, and we still do it to this day where we 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 do play one ball, um, we we play one ball out on the hole. We we're allowed to hit all the shots you know, another tee shot or another second shot or pitching and all the rest. But we only count birdies. So, you know, if he has five and I have four, he wins, that kind of thing. And we do it every practice round. So there's no thought on a score. We just try and learn the golf course, but get some feeling for actually playing it properly with, a, you know, trying to make a birdie, if you like. And okay. I said to him at Woburn, if I can win, you'll definitely win. Because he's a great player, and sure enough, he went and blew the field away at Woburn. I managed to finish fifth. He won it, uh, and he actually went on to win again. But we, consequently, he made top ten, and I was—I finished eleventh, um, which was dreamland, really. Because you—I didn't want to allow myself to think that I could get that out. But for the first year, it was beyond my wildest dreams to have a win and to, you know, the, the only. Well, it wasn't a downside, but top 10 got the US Open, senior US Open the following year, and I'd missed it by one. Um, but I remember saying to people, well, if you'd have said to me that was the, the downside of my first year on tour, I'd have, I'd have ripped your hand off for it. You know, it was <laughs> uh, it was dream time. So, you know, we went, and again, just went right back into the process, carry on playing through the winter, keep seeing Simon, working on the same principles, keep doing it, you know, because, I mean, I, I, every golfer slips back into habits and I, I do it all the time and then I go back and he puts me right and uh, basically, you know, let's start again and, and let's see where we go, the, you know, last last season and uh, again, I got, I got off to a good start, I think. I can't think where it was. Um, and, and a good start's always, you know, you, you're up there already, order merit-wise and, and off I went. And, and funny enough, I was... Uh, I finished third twice, and I, and I honestly, I came home from Italy. I'd finished third in Italy, and um, I didn't know how I'd done it. I, I it was as, probably as bad as I played in any event since I'd had my card, and I finished third. And that's the one thing for me. I, I always used to 
joke with Phil Archer about it, but I used to say the title of my autobiography will be How to Win Ugly. Uh, because <laughs> it wasn't pretty. And I, and, then I lost, and he would probably tell you that most of my golf isn't pretty, but it's about how you do it. You know, you've got to find out how you play. And, you know, it, it, it made a great feeling to think, I've not played very well there. And I, I could have won that. Um, mm. But again, that you know, it's confidence. It's, it's being aware of, you know, take something positive. Don't come away thinking, I mean, it rubbish. You know, you still ground, I still ground it out and had a good finish. And you think, well, I can still, there's more than one way of doing it. You know, it doesn't have to be the the wow factor doesn't have to come into it. It's nice when you're playing that way, but it's equally satisfying to do it the other way around. A few final questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, one's from a personal experience, actually, and you've just touched on it a tiny bit, talking about you know major winners coming over, mm. and it might be a bit of a long-winded question. This, uh, but I remember when I was I turned pro, um, 2008, I think it was, and the first. My first event was won by Robert Rock, who who oh, obviously yeah. has gone on bigger and greater things. Um, but then my third year, I I got three regional qualifying for the Open, and um, the Open was at St George's Royal St George's in 2011, okay. and Darren Clark Darren Darren Clark won, I think. Um, yeah. The final stage was at Prince's, and we drove down a day or so early, as, as everyone did. Um, we had a practice round, and we walked to the range after the practice round, and there was only one person on the range, apart from me um, and my caddy at the time. Um, Tom Murray was with us, um, obviously a good friend. You know him as well, yeah, his yeah. caddy. And there was a lone figure on the range, and it was um, Michael Campbell, oh, yeah. 2005 US Open champion. Yeah. I stood on yeah. the range. It was, it was, it was, it was only us three hitting balls, and I'm like, you know, five or six years ago, he's taken down Tiger in the U.S. Open. Yeah, and now, right. now, you know, we're playing, we're playing with him against him. Do a, do a stand and watch him and try and learn, or do I do my own thing? You know, how did you cope with that? With you know, with as you say, you played with Jimenez. Did you, did you watch, or did you do your own thing, or did you try and do a bit of both, or how did you concentrate? Yeah, well, a bit of a funny, a bit, a bit of both. But um, he was he was brilliant in fairness. He was he was, I was lucky there because he was really nice, um, and I, consequently down the line, um, uh, late on in uh, in the first season, I, I ended up uh, playing with him uh, in Benidorm second round, um, and I, I just I just love going head to head with him and. I think we. I'm not sure if we had the same score. It was. It was a week. Paul Streeter beat him in uh, beat him in the playoff, and I finished third actually. Um, and you do think to yourself, I wonder if I hadn't already had a game of golf with him, would I would I have dealt with it like that? But but I, I honestly think that I probably would have done. Um, and it, it's. Yeah, I, I don't think you I, I, during the tournament round. You, you obviously you watch people hit shots. Um, and you may every now and again pick up a little snippet here or there, but on a if you ever get a chance on a on a range, as I said to you before, I made a beeline for Tiger in '98, and uh, I've done it. I did it again in '07. But um, yeah, you've got to learn. You've got to, you've got to try and learn. I think don't get me wrong. You've got to do. I'm fortunate in the fact that because the sun ice out on our tour, you know, I've I've had an hour and a half short game lesson off Woozy, which is 
you know, yeah. all, he was, you know, from from a just the two of us in Catalonia on a on a just arrived. And have a look at that. He'd been grounding where the soles soles of his wedge and bending them as he does. And uh, have a look at that. And I, I said, oh, I don't like that. And he gave me a 58, I think it was. And uh, I started chipping with it. I said, no, oh, I like that one. That's all right. And literally, that, that showing me, oh, what's Tiger doing this? And telling me that how Tiger was just blowing. You know, um, and obviously I've become I'm good friends with Barry Lane. Yeah, you know, he said to me, any, any, guys, like you say, you've watched them on the TV, Ryder Cups, you know, winning majors, all the rest of it. But they're they're really nice, you know. That I think I think maybe they they are slightly more mellow than they were when they were in the prime. I get that because it's you know they've they've been there and done it and they're enjoying it more now probably than they did at the time. I don't for different reasons. Don't get me wrong; I don't think they wouldn't not enjoy playing the Ryder Cups and stuff. But the 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 social side of it and the and the slightly more relaxed atmosphere around the senior tour, I think they enjoy that side of it. And the banter is amazing. You just sit and listen to the stories and. But to, you know, to to go over on it and watch how someone's chipping and say, "Are you playing that?" You know, if someone had said to me, "You go over and ask his advice," you know, twenty five, thirty years ago, I said, "No, no chance. No, I wouldn't do that." You know, mm-hmm. but they, they they readily offer it up, and you know, it's uh, you know, give us a go of that wedge, let's have a go of this. You know, it, it's it's it is very very strange, but you've got to try and learn. You're always learning. I'm still learning now. Um, and if you can never be never be too uh, cocksure of yourself to to not think that someone else knows more than you, you know, it's uh, mm. I I I I remember playing a Lancashire match play against Paul Eels at Holmskirt when I very first started. I got drawn at home against the great Paul Eels, um, and I remember going in and <coughs> open the old shop up and light the fire. And uh, I could see balls on the range, on the practice ground. And I remember thinking, who's hitting balls at this time? And it was easy. And I'd never, I'd never practiced before I teed off. Um, and I remember, you know, lighting the fire and saying, "I'll be with you in a minute, Paul." And off we went. And I remember, and he won't remember this, but I remember birdie in the another practice put. And I can remember thinking, "Oh, that practice hasn't helped me, has it?" And I was one up. Anyway, because he did beat me, <laughs> beat me about four and three. But walking down the last three holes, I I I, I asked him. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a very approachable guy, as you know. And, I, I, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to ask him a few questions because I was very new to it even then. Um, you know, some of it stuck with me. That was when he told me about the practice. And, and it was, you never be scared to ask. Because, I mean, it, all right, if someone doesn't want to tell you anything, then that says more about them than you. Um, but, I, I take my hat off to, to people who would ask me stuff, you know, young assistants or anybody, you know, 
you're not really, you're not, you shouldn't be unapproachable. And, and for somebody to try and learn and improve, I think, I think it's great because I'm still doing it out on our tour now. It's still amazing to sit and listen to the stories and chat and, you know, hear old stories from, you know, Paul McGinley or Woozy or, or, and the like. Uh, but also equally fascinating to listen to them talking about golf and how much they still love it and still think about playing the game and how they play stuff and where they've seen people through through their career and learnt off them. It's, you know, the great players are never scared to learn. That, that You know, and that says an awful lot, really. You know, that's why they all have coaches. That's why they all talk to each other. They're, they're constantly, you never know when you're going to learn something. And and it's great to be able to watch somebody, you know, like you're saying with Cambo there. I mean, Cambo's been out and played on our tour a bit. And I watch him at balls. You know, I'll I'll, I'll, that. I'll stand there and watch him because he hits it lovely. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's it's a treat because, like you say, you've watched him on the TV. You watched him taking Tiger down. You know, I'm, I'm really good friends with Constantino Rocker. He, he's just such one of the loveliest men you'll ever meet. And, He's, you know, he's, I've spent many an hour having a drink with him, and, and the, the, he talks about golf is is infectious. You know, he, he, he'll he burst into tears talking uh, and, and remembering things from Ryder Cups, and watch exactly it's fascinating to to actually be one on one and talk to him. You know? Some quick fire questions to finish. Um, one non-golf question: um, Indian or Chinese food? Oh, Indian. Okay. On that note, then, cobra or kingfisher? God Almighty! I'm not either. Not fussy. Top three golf courses you played? Ooh, wow. God, I always think that's the hardest question ever because just because they're all. Some of them are great in all different ways, aren't they? Uh, mm-hmm. Top of my head, let me think then. Um, I really, really enjoyed, I, I don't know whether it was one of the best, but I, I, I so enjoyed Oak Hill uh, last year for because I've watched Ryder Cup there and I practiced rounds with Brody and Bates uh, and they played in the Ryder Cups and Phil Walton's a good mate of mine and he played in it and obviously I think he held the winning putt, didn't he? So I, I loved that because of I couldn't stop thinking about the Ryder Cup and I was playing in a major myself. It was a bit, bit bizarre, but I really enjoyed that. It was a hell of a test of golf, the way they set it up. Um, the only time I probably ever experienced what they would set a US Open up like, because that's what all the, the American guys were saying. It's, it's set up like a US Open it was, and it was brutal. Uh, oh, Monty Ray. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's uh, a daunting place, but spectacular. Um. Oh, blimey. Uh, Formby. And I'd have to say, I've got to put it in there because I love it and I love playing. I'm going playing again after. And I played 36 holes yesterday, but Ormskirk is... If you had to put me somewhere to play for the rest of my life, it would be Ormskirk. I love it. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Um, and for for... Somewhere to for me to be able to practice, it's it's tremendous. I did 36 holes yesterday, believe it or not. Wow, my battery wow. gave up before me. My battery gave up before my legs did. It was, I was quite proud of myself, but I'm going back out there again today. Still love it, still love playing. Dedicated, Chuck, as you can tell. You can tell, well, I love playing, golf. you know, you've got it, haven't you? 
yeah exactly you, you have to you have to doing doing what you do doing what i do um yeah, yeah. very yeah. very inspiring shakas thanks very much for uh, having a chat with us that's absolute pleasure mate absolute pleasure i think every well let's hope we can uh, get a few more events and something going on for the rest of this year good luck with the season i'll see you soon no doubt yeah hopefully i'll catch you at something some uh, sooner rather than later pal all right take care cheers Jay. cheers Dave. thanks bye mate bye. Ta-da. thanks once again for listening to episode three part two of the in your life podcast with david chatlady you can find myself and the podcast on instagram facebook and twitter If you like the podcast, please subscribe or follow on your preferred platform and leave a review. Thanks once again to David Chatlady and thanks for listening to episode three of the In Your Life podcast. Episode four is coming soon.